Way back in 2010, I launched my very first online course. Didn't make me much money, but it changed the course, no pun intended, of my life forever. And I'm a humongous fan of online courses, as are many people. And it seems like, it seems like everyone and their mom is looking into launching an online course, but the reality is everyone and their mom will not launch an online course. Even the most active people snooping around on the internet, maybe that's you, looking into how to launch an online course will not actually launch. There's actually four reasons why most people, even the ones most researched and most interested and most likely to launch, won't actually launch. Maybe that's you. In today's episode, I want to break down these four reasons of why most people won't launch and help you actually launch your course this year. My goal is to give you that swift kick in the pants to take action in 2022 and beyond because launching that first online course could change the no pun intended course of your life forever like it did mine. And I want you to have that experience. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 142 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. A little under the weather. I feel great today, but a few days ago, had the sickness. I don't know what it was. Couldn't get tested. Felt like the flu for about 24 hours, but who knows? Omicron, Decepticon, any of the Transformer names they have these days. Don't know what it was, but feeling much better, but I got the the stuff in the back of my my throat, so I sound like I got a cold, but I am, I've been sleeping good the last couple of nights, so I am pumped to hang out with you. That is for sure, and uh, I hope you are feeling well wherever you are today. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I'm honored to be in your ear for a few minutes, and if you're watching on YouTube, you know I love you and I appreciate you. I see all the comments and likes and subscribe, so thank you so much. And a major shout out to all of you who attended and participated in last week's six-figure challenge. It was an amazing week. I hope you had a lot of fun. And I know so many of you came out and took massive action on your business, trying to grow it. And so I'm, I had a good time. And it was, it was fun to go live five days in a row and to bring a lot of material. But to be honest, that challenge was for a lot of you who have already started your business and you just need help scaling. Today, though, I want to talk to you if you haven't launched yet. That's what this episode is for. Um, this isn't for you if you've, if you've already launched. I mean, you're more than welcome to hang out with me and, and maybe you're interested in why people don't launch. But if you're lingering and you haven't launched, this is the episode for you. And to that end, I want to give you a gift that's going to help you launch in the next 30 days. It's my 30-day online income jumpstart guide. This was written specifically for people like you, where you're overwhelmed or you're trying to perfect it and it's just dragging on forever and you just need something to push you over the edge. Well, download this guide. It's free. Go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll link to it below in the description. It's a four-week checklist. Someone asked me a while back, Graham, if you were to start all over again today and needed to make money fast, what would you do? 
I said, well, if I needed to make money in 30 days and I didn't have an audience, this is what I would do. And that's the guide I created. And so I've had students take this and go make actually tens of thousands of dollars, which is very rare. So don't expect that. But most of my students on average make a few hundred dollars, four to eight hundred dollars in the first 30 days, which is pretty cool. Um, that's more realistic if you put the plan in action. Uh, and what you will have done after those 30 days is not only made money, but you will have built the foundation for your business that then you can go scale to whatever your real long-term income goals are. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart, download it, and that will be so helpful for you, okay? Now let's get into the episode. Uh, I did a survey of my list a little over a year ago. I I surveyed over at the time, it was 10,000 people. I surveyed over 10,000 people and asked them uh, if, you know, what their major goals were that they haven't accomplished. And I saw a major trend. It was a lot of people who haven't actually launched yet gave me a lot of an indication of, of the, the, the type of people that are following me who are on my email list. They know a lot. You might know a lot, but haven't taken massive action or haven't gotten to that point of launching your first course or first product. And so I surveyed the entire list and figured out four common threads, four reasons that people stated for why they haven't launched yet. And so what I want to do today is walk through those reasons because I have a sneaking suspicion that you will identify with at least one of these. Um, And so what I hope to do by you hearing these four reasons and identifying with at least one of them is to normalize what you're going through so you don't feel ashamed or guilty or frustrated. Depending on your personality, you might be beating yourself up um, or you might be embarrassed that you haven't launched. Um, I don't know. I want to normalize this so you don't feel any of those things. Um, I want to give you a little insight into how people tick uh, so that maybe you'll feel a little exposed in a healthy way of like, yep, that's me. That's that. That makes sense. I now have some, you know, background for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, and then at the end, I want to give you three specific action steps of what to do to actually launch this year. Okay. Very simple. This is the year and you don't even have to wait till the end of the year. You can do this, this, this quarter. Okay. So number one reason why people say they don't launch their course is lack of time. Lack of time. And it makes sense. It's, it's kind of a, a lame excuse, um, but it's the one we all can, can champion because we're all busy, newsflash. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are married with seven kids or if you're single, uh, you're busy. There's no one season of life that has lays claim to busyness. It's funny because we might say like, for example, I'll say I'm married. I have two kids. Um, they're full on in school with activities. Like literally this week, my daughter, Chloe, is uh, in a theater performance. She does musical theater and a lot of other things. She sings, she dances. She's super talented. Both of my daughters are super talented, love the arts. But Chloe is in a production this week. So it's production week. So there's lots of dress rehearsals at this theater. And it's like, get hair and makeup, get to the theater, uh, and the theater is like nowhere near our house because they it's the only theater they could find because of COVID protocols that were because it'd be open. And it's just like we're running all over the place this week. And it's very uncharacteristic, but it's very common for someone in my shoes to go, yep, see, I'm busy because I have a family, kids, and I have activities. You know, and when I was single, I had all the time in the world to play Xbox and and practice guitar. And and so I'm remembering some of it to be true, but I was really busy back then when I was single too. I hung out with people 
a lot more. I probably hung out with my friends more. Uh, I traveled more. I did other things more. Um, I was busy with other things. Like I actually wasn't sitting around doing nothing when I was single, but it's funny how I think that whatever season I'm in, I'm like, oh, I'm busy because of my season. And it's probably true because guess what? Every season is busy. Maybe when I'm old and I retire, maybe I won't have a busy season. I've certainly seen retired people who don't seem busy, but at the same time, they fill their days with other things. And they would probably say their day is busy too, in a good way. Maybe less frantic, but it's busy. So yeah, great. We can all use that excuse is my point. Lack of time, lack of time. But the reality is, and you know this, we all make time make time for what we think is important. Now, we may not make time for the things we want, but it's because we are choosing something else and saying that it is more important than the things we want. And that might be from a false humility, like, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. This is me speaking, my personality. I'm going to do the right thing. And even though I want to watch football or I want to watch Book of Boba Fett or I want to watch fill-in-the-blank awesome sci-fi flick made by, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan or anyone else, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to do the right thing and, you know, power wash the pavers out back or, you know, pay those bills or whatever it would be. And I will blame my responsibilities as a, a husband, father, and adult uh, on my lack of time to do the things I want to do. But the reality is I have to make time for things I want to do. I got to do my responsibilities as well, but I'm going to be a really bitter person if I don't do the things I want to do. So I have to make time for watching the shows I want to watch or watching the things I want to watch. Same thing with exercise. I used to say I don't have time to exercise. People who find time to exercise are people who prioritize it and make it a priority. People say I don't have time to cook healthy food. I get it, man. That's a hard one. But if you really prioritize it, you can somehow make or find time to cook healthy food. It means something else gets sacrificed or it means being a little bit more efficient um, or it means getting off your darn phone and get, you know buying back an hour of your day. I don't know. But you have to finally stop and say, is launching my online course a priority this year? Because you're basically saying it's not a priority by saying you're too busy, honestly. And if you're too busy with everything else to not prioritize your future, your family's future, your potential wealth building, generational wealth, freedom, flexibility, then what are you doing? Got to prioritize it. So lack of time is common. We can all use that excuse, but it's just that it's an excuse. And time isn't something we have. It's something we make. Number two reason people said in when I surveyed them of why they haven't launched their course is lack of direction. Maybe you can identify with this. I just don't know which way to go, Graham. It's overwhelming. I'm listening to your show. I'm watching your videos. I'm taking people's courses and this guy says to run Facebook ads, this gal says, uh, just launch a podcast. This person says, you got to do video. This person says, blogging is dead. This person says, online courses are dead. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. That makes sense. That makes sense. So there's, there's so much information out there. Um, and so what we tend to do is we look at all these options and then we just freeze. So we go, I don't have clear directions to what's the best way to go. I see this. I, I was doing the five-day challenge last week and I do live Q&A at the end of each day. And what I was seeing was 
questions about, should I do this or this? Should I do this or this? Like people are stuck between, should I launch a course first or a membership first? I want to launch my membership. It's all ready to go, but I'm stuck on the pricing. Like we get stuck on direction, either big or small. And that's one reason why we don't launch because we need direction. We need clarity on where to go. I think honestly, this is partly to blame because of a lot of information out there. So it can be overwhelming, but I don't think that's really the reason that we lack direction. I think honestly, from, this is all just my in, in, intuition here and working with people and, and students. I think it's just fear. Because if you weren't afraid of screwing up, you would just pick a direction and just go and see what happens, right? See what happens if you launch a course first or see what happens if you launch a membership at that price. But we don't because we want to know for a fact that this is the best decision possible, that this is the right price, which doesn't exist, by the way. Price is one of the things that I think so many of my students are most afraid of, by the way. They will not launch until they know the exact dollar amount or whatever your currency amount is to launch their course, which is ridiculous. Guys, your course is not going to sell or not sell because of the price. That might contribute to some people not buying, but whether you launch at $97 or $87 or $117 or $125 or $197, it's not gonna make that much of a difference, which is so hard for people to believe because as consumers, we're price conscious when it comes to consumer goods, but when it comes to what you're selling, which is transformation, people are not that price conscious with transformation. That's what's so beautiful about selling information products is you're selling life change, you're selling transformation, whether it's in a hobby or their uh, their health or their life or their relationship or their business. You, it's hard to put a price on that. So if you're in a range of what online course prices go for, it's not gonna make much of a difference. What's gonna make a difference is whether it's what people want and whether your sales copy was half decent or not and the way you launched it. But the price is usually the last thing that matters. It's, that's the funny thing. But that's a great example of what holds people up because they're so afraid of doing it wrong. I am one of those people. I'm one of those people. I don't know if you're like this, but I don't know if you do the Enneagram either. I'm either a one or a three. Um, I have had people point out, like point blank tell me, you are not a one, you are a three. And if other people say, you are not a three, you are a one. And they don't know, by the way, if you do Enneagram, no one can tell you what you are because they have no idea what your internal motivations are. It has nothing to do with your actions. It has everything to do with what motivates you to take action. So a one could look like a three and a three could look like a one um, because they have similar external, but they have different motivations on the inside. Who cares? Side tangent. But if I am a one on the Enneagram, the one personality type, sometimes called the perfectionist, sometimes called the idealist, maybe, um, one of the tendencies or characteristics of a one is all or nothing thinking, black or white thinking. And so I do fall into that trap of it's either this or this. So I do believe that there is a right and a wrong way to achieve something, um, which really prohibits me from being innovative and creative in business. Can you imagine if there was only one right way to do online business? That would be sad. I know because I've been in online business for over 12 years that there's not one way to do anything. So many things work, and yet I still fall prey to the idea that there's one right way to launch, one right way to uh, sell, one right way to build a course, um, to email your list, whatever. And so I get it. I struggle with that. 
And maybe you fall for that too of like, oh, there's gotta be one right way to launch this course. There's not, there's not. So you can't really use lack of direction as an excuse anymore either because you could honestly pick any direction and make money. I just wanna encourage you that today. You, if you're getting into online business and online course creation, you can listen to what I say. You can listen to what somebody else says. You're probably going to be right because we're all kind of right. We've all found a way that works. And if you're following a, a teacher, a mentor, a guru, whatever you want to call us, um, we're all teaching what we know works, hopefully. And the beauty is there's a lot of ways for this to work. So you can't really go wrong. I would just say, Pick a direction and take it. It doesn't have to be the right one because you can iterate as you go and, and you zigzag and you figure out what works best for you. That's how I've gotten here. Why am I so adamant about what I'm teaching? Because I've tried a lot of things and I'm like, this is what I found that really works for me and for my students. But I had to start somewhere. I'm glad I started instead of waiting around and hoping I have the perfect model and then starting, I would have missed out on years of money and growth and experience. Number three reason people don't launch their course, lack of motivation. Now, this one I don't identify with personally because I have always been greatly motivated and it's partly because of my story. I lost two jobs in, during the Great Recession in 2009 and just bought a house. So I had my first mortgage and had my first baby. So now I had multiple mouths to feed, mortgage payment, and no income and I'd moved to a new state, didn't know very many people. That was motivation. I had to figure something out. So I've always had motivation. It was pretty carnal. It was pretty much survival mechanism. And that served me well. Sometimes that still lingers and it doesn't serve me well now. There's no survival mechanism now. Like I, I, in theory, I could never work another day in my life and be fine. And yet I sometimes have the survival mechanism, which makes me like a little anxious and like, is everything okay? When it's like, totally okay. Um, but that's my story. You may not have the same story, but it is true. You will not launch without any motivation. Um, so I find it interesting when people say, well, you know, I want to launch, but I just, I'm not motivated. That, that to me doesn't make sense. doesn't ring true in my experience, but I, it's what the survey said. That's what people were saying. So to you, I say, if that is you, I think you're making that up. I think you might say you don't feel motivated in the moment and that there might be a layer of truth there, but search deep down inside. There's a reason why you're interested in an online course or an online business. There's a reason why you're listening to this show. It's not that you want to launch an online course. I mean, you do, but we don't love online courses, right? An online course is a vehicle to something else. What is that something else for you? Is it wealth? Would you just like to build wealth? You know what? Having an online business and an online course is probably the best vehicle for wealth. It's the fastest. I don't really believe in get rich fast, but the, the fastest way I've made money in life is by having online courses. I have a lot of money invested in the stock market. I have a lot of money invested in real estate. Uh, it's, those have not made me money as fast as an online business. So maybe it's wealth. Do you want to buy back your time? Huh. An online course is a great vehicle to buy back your time. But why? What is it that buy back, buying back your time would do for you? 
Oh, you want to take your kids to school every day. Oh, you want to be able to meet them for lunch every day. Oh, you just, you just want to be able to work half days and then go ride your bike the other half days or go to the beach the other half day or volunteer uh, in, in, in a, a soup kitchen in your, in your city the other half of the day, like, or, or write your, your, your next novel the other half of the day. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but what is the thing that you need your time back to do? Maybe you are a stay-at-home parent and you really want to contribute financially to the family. And like, for example, and maybe what specifically, oh, you need a down payment for a house. You guys want to buy a house, but there's no extra money to save up for a down payment. Well, there's some motivation for an online course, an online business. It's a great vehicle. A lot of stay-at-home parents following my stuff who are launching online businesses because it's the best business you can start while you got little kids at home. Super easy to start, super flexible, super easy to manage once it's launched. So I'm sure you have a motivating factor. But if you say you don't have motivation, you probably just have not tapped into that motivating factor enough, pictured it enough, and gotten sick and tired of not having it enough. Been like, I, I must have this. This is important to me. That's what happens in life in general. Like, can we pause for a second? We all have wants and desires, but until we stop and articulate either in writing or out loud, especially to someone else who will hold us accountable, the the specificity of our want or desire and the emotion behind it that we truly want or desire, until we do that, it will not come into reality. But we don't get specific with our desires and articulate them for a lot of reasons because so many of us were raised to be content, to not want more than you have, um, that too many desires are bad. I don't know if you have a religious background. Um, I'm actually obviously a Christian. Um, I say obviously because I, I do talk about it pretty regularly on the show, but maybe this is your first episode. But I'm a Christian, grew up in a Christian background. Um, I actually grew up in more of a religious background. I don't know if we actually believed in Jesus, but we were very religious and went to church. But we have all since um, found Jesus and have faith in him as opposed to just like a religion where you just go to church because that's what you do. But that's what I did growing up. That's what it was. Now it's a personal faith, but I grew up in a religious home. And so there's certain, um, there's certain things and values that come out of that. And while I believe most of them are very good, um, and I think are actually really good for society. And that's why most societies were born out of a religious, uh, you know, religious um, desires and, and morals and all those things because they actually help society function. They're actually a good thing. So I don't know why we're trying to get rid of all those things because the societies will unravel if we get rid of all, the, all that morality. But I digress. Um, one of the negatives about, I think, a religious upbringing, especially if it's overly religious, is this sense of like desire is bad. Uh, and 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 it's it's usually like a safeguard put in place to keep people, especially young uh, young people, um, from sin or temptation or straying too far and desiring something that's bad. Because there are some things that are bad. You know what's bad? Stealing people's property. You know what's bad? Killing people. You know what's bad? Uh, cheating on your spouse. Okay. Um, I think a lot of those things are bad. Uh, pornography, bad, right? Like it's a, just a, a destructive industry on so many levels. 
uh, through sex trafficking and destroying. I mean, there's just so much we could talk about. I'm getting off topic. There's a point here. I'm being very transparent in that, like, this is sort of the culture that I grew up in of just like, hey, you know, don't desire these bad things. A, a negative side effect of that kind of like, let me put some protection over my kids, which I think is, is well-meaning, but one of the negative side effects of doing it in that way is it's possible for kids, and I was one of them, to grow up feeling like, ooh, desire in general is bad. Don't want too much. Don't, don't want too much money, fame, success. Because those all seem like bad things. It could be your pride, it could be your ego. So now, as a grown-up, people like me can struggle with knowing what is a healthy desire, or is that just bad? Or is all desire bad? Like, do I slap my wrist? Is all desire bad? And we know that not all desire is bad. I mean, you just know that as being a human. But not all desire is good. And I think culture has gone a little off the rails saying, like, whatever you desire is fine. That, that doesn't work out in the end. Just think about it, people. Um, but it gets hard when you want to grow a business because to grow a business, you have to have a vision and a desire for something to help people, to make money, to make great products, to, to have some sense of fame and acclaim in your, your niche. Like you have to build an audience to build leads to sell them to. And so if you have a tendency to want to like, oh, I have a desire, but I, I shouldn't have that desire. It's like driving in a car with your foot on the gas pedal and the brake at the same time. It's just going to be very jerky and it's going to feel like you're never going anywhere. It's not smooth. And you'll feel like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing, right? You're just kind of tension inside. And I think there's a roundabout way to say, it. I think some people's lack of motivation is a lack of permission to allow themselves to have motivation to truly desire something. And I know that in a more specific way with my book. My book, How to Get Paid for What You Know, it drops March 22nd. Please go pre-order it now. You can go to grahamcochran.com slash book and find out more details or just look it up on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books, you can pre-order it now. The whole idea of me writing a book was something that was in my subconscious, in my mind, but I never really played it out because it wasn't just a desire to write a book. Anybody can write a book and self-publish it. My desire to write a book, if I was honest, was a desire to write a New York Times best-selling book that was a life-changing book, a thought-changing book, a world-changing book, but not just even a book. It was like me really becoming an author who did those things, who wrote those kind of books that had ideas that changed the world, the books that led to speaking engagements, that led to TED Talks, that led to um, just being viewed as someone who, like, he's the guy that taught me this. And I do that right now through this podcast and this, this channel and through my coaching. And I'm, I know I'm changing lives. And maybe you're one of those students whose lives I've been able to touch and change and impart wisdom to. And I'm grateful for that opportunity, if so. But I had this vision for something bigger. But then guess what? The moment my mind would think about it, I would say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Should I want that? Is that okay to want? Like, I have so much. Like that, that's too much. And that's the whole like, don't desire. So I had no motivation. So I never took action on that dream, by the way, until a year and a half ago, I finally, finally in a bathroom conversation with my wife, I'm just sitting in the bathroom. She's like doing her hair or something. I'm just sitting on the floor. And I was like, darn it. I really want to write a book and I really want to do this. And I, I need to figure out how this all works. And I finally got honest with myself. And that took me to the point of like the motivation, like this is what I want. And guess what happened when I got really motivated and I got very clear about what I wanted? I took the next step, which was, who do I know who's written a book? Talk to them. <laughs> and then took the next step. How do I write a proposal? And then the next step, get an agent. And then you know, 
And here we are, books coming out. That was a long side tangent, but I felt this was important because people say I'm not motivated and I don't buy that for a second. You are a living, breathing, image-bearing human being, image-bearing of God. Like God put desires in your heart. You have motivations and desires that are different than mine because you're wired differently from God than I am. God desired you differently from me. But you have good desires that he wants to use to make change in the world and impact people's lives. And if you don't follow those those healthy desires because they're mixed in with the bad desires, I get it. But we have to have the maturity to discern between the good and the bad and then pursue the good desires, articulate them, write them down. I think you have a motivation, but it's just been buried deep down with guilt or shame or shouldn't want too much or keep your head low. Don't, Don't rise above the rest of us. Stay vanilla, stay the same. This is a big problem for a lot of us. I had a guy in the five-day challenge last week say he struggles with setting a goal because his income goal was $30,000 a month. He's like, I I struggle even saying that because I don't believe I deserve $30,000 a month. That's some deep stuff, man. That is some guilt and shame. That's not not from God. That's not from us. It's coming from external factors. And that's real. That's real. But I just feel like we are all walking under some layer of that if we're honest with ourselves. So I got a real, little deep there today. This is where it went, I guess. But I, I want you to, if any of this resonates, you know what I'm talking about. Just we need to do a little bit of soul searching there to bring the real motivation to the surface because once you have that motivation, you're gonna, you're gonna kick butt. And that leads to the fourth reason, and I'll be quick on this, lack of confidence. Look, my friend, we're all insecure. I wake up without confidence almost every day and I have to remind myself, Hey, I'm, of, cor- of course, of course I'm afraid. I'm a human freaking being. I'm not a robot. But you know what? I have confidence in a lot of things. I have confidence in uh, my past uh, experience. Man, I've been able to help people in the past. I-, I can help people again. I have confidence in the creativity and the ideas that God's given me. Like, you know what? Maybe that idea will stop working, but I, I can come up with a new idea. Um, and I have confidence that as long as I help one person, I did my job right. You can't ever say you did your job wrong or the course was a failure or the business was a failure if you really actually helped somebody. And so while that may not put food on the table, helping one person validates that you're onto something. There's something there. And so I'm here to tell you that you may feel like an imposter. It's called imposter syndrome. And you may feel afraid every single day, but don't let a lack of confidence stop you from launching. Tune into the show every single week. Get on my email list so you get emails from me every single week because part of my mission in this business is not just to teach you the way to build an online business and work less and live more. It's to give you the confidence to do it. I think about this every episode. That's why I, I dive into some of these topics. Like I want to motivate you and encourage you and give you confidence when you have none because I'm, I'm assuming you're like me. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and not have confidence again. You're gonna need to have that replenished. So if you have no one else in your life, let me be that person to give you confidence. And then I hope that you start to build a circle of people around you, hopefully a friend, a family member, spouse, significant other, who are your cheerleaders, who believe in what you're doing, who who, who can point to the, the talent and the skill and, and the amazingness that is you. Because you're a, we're, a, we're a mixed bag, right? Humans are a mixed bag. 
good and bad, but have people in your life that see the amazingness in you and say, man, you're doing so awesome. This is so special about you. Go out there, shoot that video, launch that thing. Because confidence is key. I think without confidence, you're not gonna sell well, your course isn't gonna do well. So it is important. I don't believe in faking it completely till you make it, but you do need confidence. Confidence just overflows into so much else. And if you can't manufacture it, have people in your corner who give you a little dose of that magic because confidence is like a magic pill. It's amazing what it can do for the human spirit. So those are the four reasons people don't launch. From my from researching, like my own people, researching my list, lack of time, lack of direction, lack of motivation, lack of confidence. Here are three quick action steps for you. If you identify with any one of these four, for you, I want you to launch this year. So here we go. Number one, very simple. Write down the top three things that launching a successful online course in business would do for your life. Imagine I came over to your house and I, I'm, a, I'm a Harry Potter. I have a magic wand and I expel Aramis your junk with my magic wand and poof, your, your online business is up and running. It's printing the money that you wish it would print, whatever you imagine in your, your head. And it's humming beautifully. What will that have done for your life? What are the three things that will magically have done for your life? I can't make those things happen, but I can make the business happen. What are the three things those business things, that business when it's humming would do for your life? Specifically, write those down so you see them. Like, is it, oh, I would be able to only work 20 hours a week. Oh, I'd be able to save up for a down payment on a house. Oh, I'd be able to afford a nicer house. <laughs> oh, I'd be able to afford a nicer car. Oh, I'd be able to pay off that debt. Like, like what? What specifically top three things that having a successful online business would do for your life? You have to write them down. Don't just think them. That's cute. That's cute. Write it down. All right. Number two, find 30 minutes a day to set apart for your online business. I almost used the word consecrate. <laughs> and it's almost like very perfect since we had a religious conversation earlier. You know what the word consecrate means? It means to set apart as sacred. Okay. I'm sure if you're a big boy, big girl, you have a calendar. I, I hope you do. I don't know how you're operating in this world without a calendar. When you're a kid, you can do whatever you want because your parents are your calendar. But when you're a big boy, big girl, put your big boy, big girl pants on, whoop, you know what comes with those pants? A calendar, friend. And you write stuff down so you know where to show up and what to do. I hope though, that beyond just a calendar, we all know that there's stuff on our calendar that we, we write it down. And we're like, eh. Just because it's written down doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's a good start. But what I want you to do is find 30 minutes a day to consecrate, not just write down in your calendar, but set apart as sacred for your online business. Just 30 minutes a day. If you don't like to break it up in those small chunks, combine those 30 minutes into one long chunk. That's three hours a week. Three and a half hours, but don't work every day, right? So three hours a week, right? That's all I want you to do. What do you got to move around in your schedule? When do you have to get up earlier or go to bed later? What do you got to do to consecrate 30 minutes a day to work on your online business? That's so critical, minimum. If you got more, great, but that's the minimum you need. And then number three, download my 30-day online income jumpstart guide if you haven't already. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. Download it, read it, that's your guide. The guide is going to be your, your solution to the lack of direction. You're going to know exactly what to do. Consecrating those 30 minutes is going to give you the 
or break the excuse of the lack of time. You're going to make 30 minutes a day. Writing down the top three things that this online business would do for your life if it were successful is going to get rid of the excuse of lack of motivation. And then keep tuning in. This is the fourth one that I didn't really mention here, but keep tuning in every week to me. If I don't give you anything other than some confidence that you can do this and newsflash, you can do this, then it's worth it. If you have 30 minutes a week to tune into me, do it. That's like, you don't have to, but I'm here for you. I'm not selling you anything here on this show. This is free. This is, this is, I do this every week for you because I know you need to hear it. Do you know I have students that are doing multiple six figures who actually pay me a lot of money and are my mastermind or in my membership. And they still listen to this podcast every single week. And they tell me, hey, what you said in that episode, what you said in that episode, I really needed to hear that. They still tune in. Why? For some motivation, for some confidence boosting. That's what the show is for. That's why I'm here. So take advantage of this. Let me be that little boost for you. You know, I think it's Jim Rohn probably said it first, maybe, and then Tony Robbins has said it, but we are the, uh, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Which is a terrifying thought if you stop and think about, well, who do I spend time with? Are they poor? Are they critical? Are they angry people? Man, is that who I'm going to become? Poor, angry, and critical? Or are they uplifting, disciplined, intentional, joy-filled, peaceful? Ooh, motivating. Those, are those those kind of people? I don't know. Get some friends around you that are like that. You'll be more like that. And if you don't have any of those people, let me be one of them. Let me be at least one of those five people that's influencing your life. I'm here for you. I'm not perfect. I'll probably say some dumb things from time to time, but I, I'm here for you and I'm in your corner and I believe in you. And this is your year to launch that course and launch that online business. I've gone long enough today. If this episode has meant something to you, please let me know in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast app of your choice, would you leave me a review? On Apple Podcasts would mean a lot. And let me know or email me, graham at grahamcochran.com anytime. And let me know that this episode meant something to you. And would you take action? That would mean something to me. And actually launch your business, launch your course this year, and then come back and let me know. That'd be dope. Because your course, once you launch it, is going to change other people's lives. And then I will have done my job. All right, my friends, stay healthy, stay safe. And I will see you on another episode real soon.